ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهديه الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلن تجد له وليا مرشدا واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله ارسله الله سبحانه وتعالى بالهدى ودين الحق ليظهره على الدين كله ولو كره الكافرون اللهم صل وسلم وبارك عليه في الاولين وفي الاخرين وفي الملئ الاعلى يا رب العالمين يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارحام ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله تعالى وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار We praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala A blessed praise We beseech Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to send his peace and blessings upon Sayyidina wa Habibina wa Jala'i Qulubina wa Anwari Hayatina Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Upon Al-Itriya wal-Ashraf Sadatina Ali Bayti Rasulillah and we ask Allah to send peace and blessings upon the family of the Prophet وسلم, upon his ummah, khayr al-ummah ukhrijat li nas al-musharrafa al-mahfuza al-marhuma hatta taqum al-sa'ah, this blessed ummah, and upon every companion of the Prophet radwanallahi alayhim ajma'een. Before we get started, if I could ask the brothers in the back, we are creating perhaps a little bit of uncomfortable situation for an important component of our ummah, our sisters. So if the brothers could scoot up, insha'Allah, yafsahi Allahu lakum. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that if you make room for people, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make room for you, alhamdulillah, in Jannah. So if the brothers, alhamdulillah, can scoot forward. And for those brothers who need to use the wall, I understand. I have a 82-year-old father, mashallah, who likes walls, now in, in 82 years old. Please make sure that we are creating space uh, for our elders and seniors and those who may need to use the wells. Today's topic is profit, not profits. And what a location to give this khutbah. We are a community of prophets with a P, not prophets with an F. And the irony of what we see happening in the Ukraine, the world needs to notice that when you do Muslims wrong, it comes back to you in different ways. The occupation of Ukraine and putting profits before profits is what we see happening in Kashmir. The occupation of Ukraine, whose president is begging to join NATO, 
at the last moment is putting an F before the P. Prophets before prophets. The occupation of Palestine, the continued erasure of the Palestinian culture, its integrity, its honor is being maintained as even the Muslim world, the hypocrites have been exposed. The monafics have been exposed. They even we find Muslims in America beginning to waver in understanding what Malcolm left us with, the intersectionality of the occupation of Palestine and the occupation of neighborhoods. Prophets or prophets. And the Prophet ﷺ, he warned us of the prophets with an F. When he said as authentically narrated on his behalf, alayhi salatu wassalam, the thing that I fear for you most is dunya. The thing that I fear for my community the most is an unhealthy, because all dunya isn't bad, as we'll talk about inshallah in the second khutbah. Uh, we need dunya for power, we need good power. But I fear for you the unhealthy attachment to this dunya. When the Muslims came back from battles during the time of Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu, and they brought back with them riches, and they entered into the city of Medina, Sayyidina Umar, he began to weep. And they were like, why are you weeping? As he mentions by Imam Tabarani in his history. Like, why are you, why are you weeping? We have been blessed with wealth. And he said, this is what will destroy us. This is what will change us. The reason that it's very important to have a healthy sense of attachment to the world is that also we want to be careful of people who irresponsibly tell us that religion excuse any sense of profit with an F. Allah says, Don't forget your portion in this dunya. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, رَبَّنَا آتِنَا فِي الدُّنْيَا حَسَنَا وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ حَسَنَا وَقِنَ عَذَابَ النَّارِ Allah give us, our Lord give us good in this life and the next and save us from the hellfire. As one of our teachers in Egypt used to say, الدُّنْيَا قُبْرِ الْآخِرَةِ You know, like the dunya is a bridge to the hereafter. You need it, but don't get caught up in it. The reason that it's very important to keep dunya from becoming something which dominates our personal hard drives and causes us to outsource our values and morals to things which are not intrinsic to who we are is that it compromises our ability to be a prophetic community with a P. And the prophets were not about the F. I don't ask you, the prophets are quoted over and over in the Quran as saying, we're not selling out. We're not asking for any recompense. In My reward, my recompense is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It becomes very difficult to preach to the hereafter if we have an unhealthy attachment to the dunya. It becomes very difficult to call people to accept Allah as their savior and guide and creator as the means of success if we're compromising those morals for temporary success. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Kaf, He says, 
There's two interpretations about this, actually five, but two that are important. One is that it's talking about the good we do, because it will last forever. The other interpretations, which is strong, is also that it's daughters. Because of course it's Al-Mal wal Banuna Zinutul Hayatid Dunya wal Baqiya al Banat. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that wealth and property are and sons are the beauty of this life, but your daughters will subhanAllah what continue to bring you khair after you go. The reason that this is important is that it is impossible to be just if we put profit before profits. If we put the F before the P. And we see that now. The situation that's happening in Ukraine, and we pray for the Ukrainian people, is something that we as Muslims have been seeing for years. Our lands have been taken. Our resources have been stolen. We have been economically punished. We are forced to accept leaders that we don't really like that much. And many of us, especially those of us who have relatives like myself in certain countries, we know that we've had people who've disappeared, or been put in jail, or who have been physically maimed or abused. And what becomes even more problematic is religious leaders who tell us ta'atul umaram min arkan al-iman. To obey the leader is a part of iman. No, to obey Allah is from the part of iman, the, the arkan of iman. But we can't be just if we forgo prophets for profit. Justice is so important that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Hadid after a'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan ar-rajim وَلَقَدَ أَرْسَلْنَا رُسُولُنَا بِالْبَيِّنَاتِ وَأَنزَلْنَا مَعَهُمُ الْكِتَابُ وَالْمِيزَانِ لِيَقُومَ النَّاسُ بِالْقِسْتِ Allah says that indeed we sent the books and the messengers and al-mizan so that people could establish justice. The lamb here is called lamb al-ta'nil. Ta'lil liyaqum al-nas bil-qist. al-qist. We sent the books and the prophets so that people could establish justice. And we find in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there's something that's misunderstood sometime, and you find this in the books of usul al-fiqh being articulated in a much more uh, specific way. People say there was no rulings in Mecca. There were rulings in Mecca there was no ahkama taklifiyah in Mecca. There was no five like pillars of Islam like prayer, Ramadan, hajj, and zakah. But there were ahkam. And those ahkam, those rulings largely dealt with three issues. Belief, character, and justice. Justice is one of the few rulings that starts with nubuwa and ends with the death of the Prophet sallallahu to signify how important justice is. And that's why Sayyidina Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the impact that he had on people embracing Islam wasn't just theology, explicit theology. Not everyone accepted Islam because they had buy-in to Tawheed in the very beginning. A lot of people were impacted by the Prophet's justice on issues like economics, on issues like family law, on issues like how he judged between tribes. And that's why he is Amin before he is Nabi. Nobody can be Nabi before they're Amin. Nobody will listen to a religious message if they don't trust the person they're listening to. And that's why, mashallah, the long narration 
of Al-Bukhari in Al-Adab Al-Mufrad from Sayyidina Ibn Abbas radiyallahu anhuma that Uthman ibn Ma'adhun when he came to Sayyidina Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam and he sat with him he wasn't Muslim yet and he sat next to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and Sayyidina Ibn Abbas radiyallahu anhuma said we couldn't hear what he was saying but it was like it was heated right and then afterwards, as they were talking, we noticed that the Prophet, he kept looking to the heavens. And then finally he turned to Uthman ibn Ma'adun and he said, This verse, Allah has commanded you to justice. Uthman ibn Ma'adun, he said, He said it was at that moment that Iman, when I heard this call to justice, Iman permeated my heart and I began to love Muhammad. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Aktam, one of the leaders, Aktam, excuse me, of a tribe of Arabs, also in Al-Adab al-Mufrad, Sayyidina Imam Ahmed and the Musnad ibn Majah. He heard about the Prophet Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, so he sent two of his scouts to go meet him. This is a, a, a society that is rocked with economic and social stratification. Like incredible stratification based on tribalism. So he sent two people to meet Muhammad And when they met him, they said, Man ant? He said, Ana Muhammad Abdullahi wa I am Muhammad the servant of Allah and his messenger. And he read this verse. That's all he said. Allah has commanded you to justice and excellence. And they said to him, can you repeat that again? They never heard anything like this before. We talk about a social con con contract. We talk about the social safety net. We have to live beyond how long our pants are, how big our beard is, and can we eat a Chick-fil-A? That's not, a, that's not a, an ummah with a vision. That's an ummah that's defeated, that finds power in particulars, not universals. So the Prophet ﷺ, he said it again. They said, read it one more time so we can memorize it. And they memorized it. And they went back to Aktham. And he said, how did, you, how did you meet this guy? Who's this guy, Muhammad ﷺ? They said, he said one thing, man. What? Inna Allah ya'murukum bil'adli wal-ihsan wa'ita'idhu al-qurba. He said, هذا da'a ila ahsan al-akhlaq. Or kamaqal. He said, he calls to great morality and ethics and forbids evil. And later on, this tribe embraces al-Islam. So the entry points, the strategic entry points into society are not always through the explicit message of theology. And that's why the most heralded Muslims in the West are those who stood for justice. Like Muhammad Ali, like Al-Hajj, rahimahullah, whose anniversary of his martyrdom was just a few days ago, Madik Shabazz. Till now, I live in Harlem. If I wear a kufi, people go to me, they say, Salaikum Salaam. And I'm like, Wa Salaikum Salaam. Then I'm like, are you Muslim? No, nah, man. The other day I had my headphones, I was talking to my wife on Frederick Doug Douglass Boulevard. This guy started grabbing me. I said, what? What? He said, I gave you the salams. I said, wa salaykum salam. 
He's not even Muslim, but the legacy of Malcolm is still in the blood of that community. If you asked him about Sifat al-Ashreen or Inqisam al-Tawheed ila thalathati aqsam, they didn't know anything about that. They knew that there was a Muslim who had their back. There was a Muslim who put his life on the line for something right. And he didn't sell out his Islam. The first message he sent to his people, make sure you pray five times a day. Learn Arabic. So the Prophet ﷺ, as a strategic entry point, not only Tawheed and not only Ibadah, but as a social contract. Prophet or prophets. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows us how important justice is. As I mentioned earlier, it's one of the few ahkam that exist at the beginning of prophecy till the end of prophecy. One of the few rules, one of the few things that is fard is justice. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows us in the different aspects of life. If we think about the 10 ideas of Aristotle that everything in the world files under one of 10 things, we find all 10 of them here mentioned in the Quran, but we'll only mention three. Number one is in what we do. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, If you're going to write the contract, write it bil adal. Write it with justice. This is in actions. If you're going to trade, trade with justice. If you're going to create an NFT, create it with justice. If you're going to get into crypto, do it bil adal. And the word bat in Arabic is really beautiful because it's from the same word that means like tape. It should stick to you. Mulasaq. So Allah says, وَمْسَحُوا بِرُؤُسِكُمْ Wipe your head and we'll do B. Make it, make it get on your head. So justice should get on you. It should be with you where you are. Iman billah. Iman is with me wherever I am. We lose this sort of in English. The pixels quite aren't the same. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, here he says, let the person write with justice. This is in our actions. Number two, and what we say, in the 17th chapter of the Quran, if you speak, speak with justice. So the first is actions, the second is speech, the third, emotions, psychological justice. Allah says, Allah talking to the companions after the conquering of Mecca. He said, even though you hate those people, what they did to you, be just with them. Even though you may feel you have the right to give it to them, those people in Mecca. So the concept of justice in Islam touches on number one, a theological nomenclature as the Prophet said that evil is or oppression is three. One of them is sin. So I limit my sin. I increase my obedience. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Those who believe in their iman is not touched with oppression. Here oppression means I'm sinning. I'm not just with my fitrah. I'm just with myself. And if I make a mistake, tubu ilallah, I turn to Allah. The second type of justice that we talked about is related to our actions. The, the, sec, the third to the last verse of Surah Baqarah, when the person writes, let them write bil adal. 
ولا تكتموا الشهادة ومن يكتمها فإنه آثم قلبه Allah says and don't hide the truth the third is to be just in what we say وَإِذَا قُلْتُمْ فَعْدِلُوا وَلَوْ كَانَ ذَا قُرْبَى even if it's against your own family we find this now in marriages many times people will call Imam Khalid not me when they have divorce issues or marriage problems or I will forward them to Imam Khalid outsource them to him and what we find is my son can do no wrong my son alhamdulillah is a wali min awliya my daughter alhamdulillah she's perfect when she was born she would wake us up to pray to hajjid at night at two years old my daughter can do no wrong this is where you find justice starts to wane but allah says be just against yourself if needed and against your own family and then finally in our emotions and our attitudes for example to have psychological bigotry towards people because of their race or color or gender or language is a form of dhulm in the heart and the mind that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he sent this deen to create justice and make tathir of these horrible ideas Inshallah, in the next part of our khutbah, we'll talk about how we can be just and how the lack of true profit before profit is creating some of the destabilization that we know well in the Muslim world, as well as now we're seeing in Ukraine. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us from the people of justice. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept our repentance. And we ask Allah to unite us with our beloved messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Aqulu qawri hadha. استغفر الله لي وراكم فاستغفروا إنه هو الغفور الرحيم اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله لا أبغي به بدلا حمدا يبلغ من رضوانه الأمل ثم الصلاة على خير الورى وعلى ساداتنا آله وصحبه الفضل إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل وسلم وبارك عليه في الأولين وفي الآخرين وفي الملئ الأعلى يا رب العالمين Again, the brothers can scoot forward inshallah We want to make sure that the community feels a common unity Especially in the back, there in, by the door I promise I will finish early I'm older than Imam Khalid I cannot talk for 45 minutes, mashallah May Allah continue to bless him with that incredible energy the Prophet وسلم, he, he is the embodiment of justice and we find in a very important hadith from Abu Sa'id al-Khudri related by Imam al-Bukhari in his Sahih and others that when the Prophet وسلم, was distributing property to people a person came to him and said be just you're not just and the Prophet said, if I'm not just, man ya'dil, who could be just? So we learn from that that the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa is the embodiment of justice. 
And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to him, says to him and to us in the Quran, I have been commanded to be just amongst you. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Sometimes people feel like, well, that's the Prophet. I'm just, you know, a normal somebody. I'm not a Prophet. I'm just a Muslim, alhamdulillah. There, it is impossible to remove the responsibility of prophecy from our lives. Anyone who says, well, even if they may not be adherent or committed Muslims, that responsibility will follow them wherever they go. And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَإِذَا حَكَمْتُمْ بَيْنَ النَّاسِ And when you judge between people, and تَحْكُمُوا بِالْعَدْلِ Then you, the whole ummah in Surat Nisa, you must be just. So just as the Prophet ﷺ was commanded to be just, we are commanded to be a community that puts prophets with a P, that's the title of the khutbah, before prophets with an F. And that is the danger of a world who it economically is driven by the monoculture of prophets with an F. Even now social enterprises are looked at like, yeah, that's just a way to make money. How do we make sure that we do not contribute to the attitude that we saw in the Arab Spring? I was on the ground in Egypt. I was in Azhar at that time. Subhanallah, when the Arab Spring happened, I remember running into classmates and seeing the hope and the euphoria. Whether you, either political line you sit on is not the point of my discussion here. I'm not Egyptian. It was just to see the world ignore Tunis, Egypt, Syria, Yemen, Mauritania, which was first, by the way. Our brothers and sisters in East Turkmenistan, people, the Rohingyas, Hong Kong, the Ukraine, prophets before prophets. There are four things that we should think about, alhamdulillah, so that we can be just within our circle of influence, not our circle of concern. Oftentimes we like to put our circle of concern first, which is like, for example, is there water on Pluto? If I'm thinking about, is there water on Pluto, but my daughter needs water to drink in her bottle, and I'm so busy worried about Pluto, that I don't change her diapers, may Allah bless all of our daughters, and give her water, then I am being irresponsible, I'm not being prophetic. And oftentimes as Muslims, we like to buy into the meta-narrative while we ignore what's right in front of us. So what are some steps we can do to make sure that we are being just? Number one is muhasaba, is to be introspective. In our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and to be honest about that relationship and to be vulnerable with Allah. As Allah says, well, Let every soul think about what it prepares for tomorrow. The word ghad actually means but it's called tomorrow to remind us this is how close it is. And the statement of Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab as well as Sayyidina Ali karramallahu wajha wa radiyallahu anhuma who said, Hasibu anfusakum qabal antuhasabu. Look into yourselves and audit yourself before you're audited. Sayyidina Al-Hasan Al-Basri, radiallahu anhu, he used to say that the people who are most active in auditing themselves now will be those who have less of an audit in the hereafter. Every day is a tax deadline for our hearts. So every day we take the opportunity so that we don't have to pay late fees when we meet Allah. Oh Allah, forgive me. Oh Allah, forgive me for this. 
Oh Allah, I seek refuge in you from this. To be honest with ourselves. The second, within our relationships, within our families, because one of the most important areas of justice that we fail to pay attention to is within our families, within our marriages and our children, or our chi kids and our parents. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, The first is you and your family from hell. Say to your wives and your daughters first, O Muhammad, then to the believers. That's how it should start. The nafs likes to be the hero. The nafs likes to lionize itself and to put itself in a position of authority and being an influencer. But if I have a million followers on Facebook that I did not buy, or a million followers on Instagram, but I can't have a good relationship with my spouse or my kids or my parents, I can't have influence or be influenced, there's a problem. And how can we work on that? Communication. Most of the time when people come to me and they have problems in their family, it's usually because they don't communicate. There's assumptions. We think that we know each other. Recently, my brother who, when I embraced Islam, I used to call him Abu Jahl. And I actually felt that was a compliment. So I started to realize as I got older, man, let me listen to this dude, man. Let me try to understand this guy. Even though it was really hard, honestly. I hope he doesn't watch this. But subhanAllah, when we started to listen to each other, and he said the same thing about me, and we begin to communicate and talk through even difficulties, over time, it, there's not a cherry on top of that Sunday, but alhamdulillah, a few almonds on the whipped cream. The relationship is better. Oftentimes, we think we know our children because we bore them. That doesn't mean we know them. We have to communicate with them. So one of the things we can do, especially with our, our, our parents and our children, is to avoid, we have, I'm sure, some lawyers here, to avoid ambiguous universal questions and ask the questions that you would ask someone who's on trial, but in a nice way. So, for example, my daughter, I used to say, how was school? Fine, ma'asalama, imshi ala tu. But then I started thinking, what was the most singly, what was the most singular, amazing thing that happened to you today, Habibti? And then my daughter said, why do you ask these kind of questions? <laughs> because now I have to give you an answer. I said, that's why I asked him, because I love you. I want to know what's going on, not because I'm mukhabirat, but because I want to know how your day was. So we should ask questions that are particular, but also show that we know something about the person. Communication. Allah says, عَلَّمَهُ الْبَيَانِ And people don't think about communication with justice, but ask brothers and sisters in the boroughs of New York who get killed by the cops because new neighbors have never had a conversation with them to understand that people may have mental illnesses. And so when they see them acting out, the rest of the neighborhood knows that's my neighbor, it's normal. They call the cops and the cops kill that person. You tell me communication isn't value? Valuable? And Sayyidina Anas ibn Malik said, when the Prophet talked, he gave you his presence. That's why it's a gift, the presence. So one of the most important ways to undermine injustice in our homes is to be good communicators and to be listeners and to give ourselves wholly to conversation. The second is that we have to, as a religious community, make sure that we are not gentrifiers in the boroughs of New York City. 
We cannot live as parasites in this city and then claim to care about Black Lives Matter or the rights of Latinos or issues like recidivity if we're sucking the blood from neighborhoods and we're not contributing back to them. That is a sin. That's why Imam Nawi, radiallahu anhu, he said that the lands that the Mamluks took, usurped, it's not allowed to eat the food from those lands that is sold by those people. So we have to become part of our neighborhood. We should build conversations with people. We should attend, if we can, from time to time, city council meetings to understand how zoning is impacting places like Harlem and Brooklyn and how the rezoning of those neighborhoods is impacting people who have lived there for decades and raising rent. If you want to know the impact of that, look at the train station here and look at the train station in Brownville. And we as Muslims cannot be part of that. And I gave a khutbah years ago how not to be a gentrifier. I got in a lot of trouble. I think I got banned from that masjid. But how do we pull back from being unfortunately part of a global project that harms the underserved? We have to be deliberate in service. The third is that we speak truth to power, no matter where the power is as best we can. SubhanAllah, in the time of Spain, Al-Mansur Athani was one of the leaders of Andalus. And he's one of the architects of why Andalus became Andalus before everyone started fighting and killing each other. As Ibn Hazm said, you couldn't walk three miles except someone was claiming to be the Khalifa. Like everyone was Khalifa. That's why Andalus fell apart. Everyone wants to lead, no one wants to follow. But everyone needs an Abu Bakr. Everyone needs an Umm Salama. Al-Mansur in his lifetime, a scribe began to complain to him that there's a man who's accusing me of injustice. So the man was brought into the court of the Khalifa. And that man, subhanAllah, he pointed at that scribe and said, that's the guy, I've been petition I petitioned him three times, he never showed up to the Qadi. And Mansour, he listened, he said, I will adjudicate between you two. And at the end, he said, I don't have the ability to adjudicate. So he created an office that existed in the Khilafat of Andalus, which is called the office to hear the claims of the oppressed. We have to think about that in our nonprofits. How as nonprofits are we functioning? How as people who may be VCs, how people who may be using money, mashallah, I know a Muslim brother, recently he sold his company for $1.3 billion. Someone offered to buy it for $1.7 billion, but the money they had he considered to be unclean. So he took the $1.3 for Allah. That's the kind of attitude that we want to have. Profits before profit. So ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, yusabbitna ala al-haqq. We ask Allah to bless and protect the oppressed all over the globe. We ask Allah to limit our deliberate or inadvertent engagement in oppression and evil. We ask Allah to help the people and children of Ukraine. We pray for our brothers and sisters in Hong Kong. Pray for the brothers and sisters in Palestine. Pray for the brothers and sisters here in the United States of America. We pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will remove any support we may have contributed to oppressing others. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa qina adab al-nar. Before we finish, we have a prayer request. One of our sister's grandmother, who is currently in Dhaka, Bangladesh, Nasrat Begum, she's fighting for her life with COVID-19. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yashfiha shifa'an kamilan shamilan. And our dear brother also, uh, one of our dear brother's uh, daughter is fighting with leukemia. We pray that Allah will bless her parents and bless her with a complete shifa. Subhanahu rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifu.